Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So now Posey ranges away, and throws it so high. There are some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy, and there's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, and uh, coming at you right now in uh, in a spot where, look, eyebrows are up for sure. I mean, from the files of didn't see that one coming, it's the second year in a row where just as the Dodgers are coming to town and you think it's the worst timing possible, the Giants roll, and I know this was in L.A. last year, but Giants roll off three straight against the Dodgers at a time where you're like, that is not going to happen um, and, and maybe the timing is absolutely perfect because, man, maybe you can speak to this, Joe. It's a weird dynamic this year. This team had won more games than it lost. It's in playoff position. Mm-hmm. Yet the, the fan base seems, I don't want to say th- not turned off, but just sort of there is a there's a disturbing indifference yeah. uh, right now with with the connection between the fan base, the excitement or lack thereof, and the team. It's weird. I mean, heading into this Dodger series, they had lost 12 of their last 20, right? And it just felt like they were kind of circling the drains. But you look up and you're like, well, there's still over 500 ball club. Like there's still a wild card team right now. And yet it almost feels like unsatisfactory for a lot of Giants fans. I go back to the one thing. I underestimated the loss of Buster Posey and the 60 game season, you know, it was like, Oh, you know, he'll be back next year. So maybe, maybe it wasn't as that much of a narrative throughout that year, but I really feel it this year. I like I miss his at bats. I miss where he was in the lineup. Oh, he's coming up the next inning. Oh, he's going out to the, to the mound to talk to somebody. And I think I really underestimated his particular connection and how much I really loved him. And then I'm just like looking at this team over the weekend and they got back to what made them a great team last year, Mark. Great bullpen, great situational pitching, unbelievable defense, and timely hitting. 
I feel like they're turning the corner right now, and yet it doesn't feel like the fans are connecting with them. Well, let's also not forget just what has always been sort of number one bread and butter, which is starting pitching. And I know that one of the games was a bullpen game, uh, but that is as impressive as any with, you know, throwing everybody you had at, mm-hmm. at, at the Dodgers that day. And then the very next day to have Rodon go as long as he's gone in a giant uniform, kind of step into the giant Dodger rivalry the way he did. Now, going back to Friday, you know, lost in the joy of a sweep is the fact that Junis is going to be out for a while, and, and that's really a problem. So we see sort of they patch, they patch work together, the starting pitching for this weekend, but where do we go from here with DiSclefani not ready yet? There's, you know, Matthew Boyd is sitting out there. Is, are we going to see him at some point? But, but what do they do starting pitching-wise with Junis out and already in a spot where they were having to toss a lot of bullpen games out there. I, I don't know what they do. I mean, they got to pray Cobb comes back quickly. They got to get the best out of Alex Wood in the interim. And then one of these randoms got to step up. Is it going to be Sammy Long? Get a little look here. Like, that's kind of what the indications are early on. Back to Rodon, though, because there's no doubt that they're short on starting pitching. Rodon looked phenomenal. The velocity on his fastball was unbelievable. He attacked the zone uh, 98, 99, 100 miles an hour. He's peppering the zone. It was good to see him look that good. First win in a month, Mark. They needed that. Yeah. Now, here's the real kind of, I think, um, the elephant in the room when the Dodgers are playing the Giants. So they come in and the Giants win. And I still feel like, and I bet only a Giants fan can really relate to what I'm saying. You still walk out of the ballpark jealous. Yes. You still walk out of the yes. ballpark. There's a, wait a minute, we beat you. And then we beat you again. And then we beat you again. And you're still walking out of the ballpark going, man, if we had a bets, if we had a Trey Turner, if, you know, even a Chris Taylor, my gosh, yeah. the way that guy plays, it seems to be, by the seventh inning of every game against the Giants, he's got two doubles. Yes. And then he's out there bashing his face into the wall and everything. Yes. Love the way that uh, that he plays. Uh, you know, Max Muncy and Justin Turner are never allowed to play on my team. But but those other guys, you know, and so that's the dynamic yeah. I, I want to speak to because even while the Giants are succeeding, every time the Dodgers are right there and uh, under your nose – it brings about that thought that we're all dealing with, uh, which is, is winning enough or do we need to have some sort of just excitement that gets going in our belly when we hear a name or see a name walk to the plate? I look at that is a relentless lineup of of household names. Like there's just no other way around it. If you're a casual baseball fan, you know, the name Mookie Betts. If you've been just casually watching giants, Dodgers, you know, Bellinger, you know, Justin Turner. Now, you know, Trey Turner from last year's playoffs, Freddie Freeman. He's played baseball for like nine years. Most people know who he is. You know, Will Smith's kind of new to the rivalry, even though he's been good for a couple of years, but it's a relentless lineup. I look at Max Muncie and I, I'm like, he's batting 154. He's not even having a great year this year. And and like, I look at Justin Turner. He's not having a great year. Bellinger in a deep abyss is as sad as I am about Joey Bart. I think it's even worse what's happened to Cody Bellinger because he was an MVP in the league. Joey Bart never even established himself. So I, I know we feel like the ship is burning to the ground here in San Francisco Giants land, but like, 
it's not as bad as we think. The difference is, is that they have some marquee stars that everybody knows. And I think that's the separating factor. Well, so now if you even, you know, the Giants now are suddenly three and a half games out of first place Mm -hmm. and you loop in last year and you loop in their record against one another last year, their record against one another this year, like the Giants have a very, very fair statement to walk to the podium and go, we are equal with them. We are equal in every sense, five games, one run game down to the ninth inning tie ball game. Uh, one, you know, beat them 10 to nine last year, beat them in the standings ahead of them three to two this year, right there, three games out in the standings. They have played equal baseball, but for some reason it doesn't feel that way. And what I wonder is for each giant fan, if that means it's okay to feel upset by it, or do you accept what Farhan Zaidi has stated is the plan he came on with us a week and a half ago and laid out exactly how this worked with the Dodgers and if it can work again with the Giants take a listen to this team building thought and I really think we've got to have homegrown talent that is young homegrown talent that's kind of driving the position player group. And, you know, when you look at the Dodgers, when I was there from 2015 to 18, that's when we kind of brought in, Jock was a rookie in 2015, Cody Bellinger came up, we sort of added Max Muncy and Chris Taylor, you know, through different, you know, smaller deals. Kike Hernandez was in a small deal. It's almost like that group of players, the homegrown players and some of the guys that were sort of, you know, kind of uncovered finds, that provided the foundation, I think, for them to go out and start really star hunting with the Mookie Betzes and, and Freddie Freemans of the world. So, Okay. Now, listen, I might be in the minority here, but I accept this. I accept this premise that he just built. And if you think about what he said, you start with homegrown talent. He mentions guys uh, like Bellinger. Now, mm-hmm. you, you know, add Will Smith into it later. But then there's smaller deals. He mentions Muncie and, and Chris Taylor. He's done that with the Giants. Mike Yastrzemski, Lamont Wade. He's, he's been able to find those guys. So you've got your small finds, but what you don't have yet are those young, homegrown, established players. Um, and maybe they're set back a little bit in that Bart and Ramos don't appear ready. So I don't know if it is another year, maybe even two away. Mm-hmm. So that happens, and then... Yeah. Then you take your big swing on the star. I know that that's really frustrating, but in some ways, I a I accept it, and b they're a victim of their own success because we would actually accept it more if they had been winning less over the last year and a half. It's it's a great point. I mean, it's an absolutely great point because then we'd be like, ah, you got to be patient. You got to cycle through this little downturn that they're in. You got to move off these contracts. What's interesting, and it really that quote that he said. It really came crystal clear when I'm watching that Dodger team over the weekend and I'm looking at the batting averages and I go, all right, this myth that they're all homegrown, it's just not true. The three best players right now, Freddie Freeman was a free agent and they signed him to a massive deal. Mookie Betts is one of the great trades in in Dodger history. One of the worst trades in Boston history. I was back there. They're, They're very angry about that trade, but they gave up Verdugo and a bunch of other pieces. So they had to get that young talent up to the big league level and show some promise. And then Trey Turner, another guy they traded for. So 
He's 100% right. This organization, the Dodgers, has kind of evolved. They were, uh, hey, here's all our youngsters. Now it's, we've patchworked these youngsters. We've moved off of other guys. But really, we splashed and got these stars. And I feel like if I can just bite my tongue and be patient long enough, I do think that's the model the Giants will get to. It just, we're not there yet. I, I tell you what, I'm a huge, huge believer in homegrown or drafted players with a sports team. And it's odd to me sometimes when Giants fans don't see it because simply look at our market. Yeah. What is it you love? What do you love? You love Steph, Clay, and Dre. <laughs> yes. what, what do you love? You love Kittle. And, and, and you love yes. Bosa. And yes. you love Warner. And that's what you love. Like, that's, so that's true. what, I mean, that's the deal. And so the Giants do have that. They're just on the back end. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still have such... We have a relationship with the Brandons. Yeah. Right? But what's coming next, that has to be the focus. And so when you see this Giants executive staff focus so much on the farm, and you're like, well, wait a minute. When are you (laughs) going to focus on the big league roster? They are. They are. It's just a route to get there. Again, I know it's frustrating. But then again, I think they deserve some, some real credit uh, in the middle of suppose, there are a lot of fan bases would love to be this frustrated. Okay, yeah, sitting in here mm-hmm. with winning records every year. Well, and I think the gut punch for me, and I just I'm just talking from my perspective. I had such high hopes for Joey Bart. Fair or not? Yeah. Like I just I had high hopes, and you know I thought that maybe Buster would still be around. He'd have an opportunity to not have to shoulder so much of the load, and it just tough situation and he doesn't look good right now there's there's really not a defense right now for Joey Bart being on the big league club I hope he comes back I hope he has an opportunity I think he's going to get more chances but like the reality is is that we put way too much on his plate like, he's not going to be the savior Mike Trout is one of the great baseball players of the last 150 years and he can't help the Angels you know God bless him he's got numbers better than Mickey Mantle and he can't help them be a winning team. It takes more than one guy. And I think that's the frustrating thing for Giants fans because they look at uh, you know, for example, Tyro Estrada, not sexy. Well, he makes sexy plays out in the field. He hits and runs, and I find him to be a fun, fun player. He's my favorite player on this year's team, personally. And then I look at somebody uh, like Wilmer Flores, not sexy at all. Wilmer is killing it this year for the Giants. Where would they be? I can't believe I'm saying this sentence. Where would they be without Wilmer Flores? I mean, Mark, seriously. But that's not like a sexy, top-tier household name, and I think that's where I think Giants fans get frustrated. Well, it's a problem, and in fact, I want to ask you a little bit more about that. We'll do it in just a second. A reminder that if you like what you're hearing, make sure you are subscribed to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I asked you this on Twitter over the weekend. Yeah. Because you were talking about compelling ball players. And I said, okay, what makes a ball player compelling? Yes. Because, and I, by the way, it's a, it's a very, I don't want to say tongue in cheek, but this is not meant to be leading you to water type of question. It's genuine. Like, let's think about it for a minute, because while I think we've already mentioned the names Muncie and Bellinger two times each in the first 12 minutes of our conversation, um, both of them are horrible. They stink. Horrible baseball players right now and Bellinger for a long, long period. So if I came back with your Bellinger and Muncie and I told you, well, how about Mike Yastrzemski and Luis Gonzalez? Who's more compelling? Because these two guys at similar positions are way, way better, more productive baseball players this year. And Farhan made this point to us. He goes, I try to make these moves without the name. I I wipe out the name. I look at the numbers. I look at the production, and that's what I'm going for. So how do you answer that? What makes a ball player compelling? Well, there, there's there's a presence or an aura about a player when he steps into the batter's box. For example, when I watched Pablo Sandoval for the very first time, I was like, I'm all in on this. I don't know what this is. I'm all in. The way he'd hit his, you know, bat on his toe and get into the batter's box. He'd be banging the bat on the helmet. There's pine tar everywhere. The look of the ball player. I was like, okay, there's something there. And then there's obviously style of play. Like, for example, 2019, Mike Yastrzemski, he won me over. I go, this is an all-around ball player. He plays the game the right way. He runs hard. He could spray to all fields. He can hit with two strikes like th- that's another element. And then there's obviously the intrigue factor. Someone like Tim Lincecum. He doesn't look like anyone I'm accustomed to seeing. He delivers the ball in a way I've never seen before. Right. I look at someone like Tyro Estrada and I, I wanted to come back with you and say, you know what? Now that I think about it, Tyro Estrada is a compelling player, but it feels dumb to say that out loud. You know why? Because we are conditioned as fans now of baseball. Well, he's not 21. He's not 23. How can he be compelling? He's just a journeyman. And I think I fall victim to age discrimination nine times out of 10 on these Farhan-like finds. Luis Gonzalez right now. If Luis Gonzalez came up in 1992, you know how excited Giants fans would be? But because it's 2022 and he's not 21 or 20 like Juan Soto, I feel like we discriminate against the age on the back of the card. Am I wrong? No, you're not at all. Um, But I just I like at a certain point and I get accused sometimes of, uh, you know, sort of accusing the fans of things instead of accusing the teams of things. But there are certain things I find where I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We have to check ourselves for a moment because doesn't it feel like, and I we've sort of touched on this yeah. already this year, doesn't it feel like the Giants struggle to hit sometimes? Yes. Okay, feels like they struggle to hit. And I'm not saying that they don't, but you know where I'm going. I do. And we say this every couple of weeks to remind people, you're barking at a team that supposedly doesn't spend and therefore doesn't score. Well, the team that's three games ahead of you, not the Dodgers, the Padres, oh, they've got some contracts and they've got some flair and, and, and they've got some name recognition. And they also have 24 fewer runs this year than the San Francisco Giants. And in That's fact, nuts. there are three total teams in the bigs who have scored more runs than the Giants, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. That's it. So I just want to continue to check ourselves because there's something that has happened this year 
in the wake of 107 wins that has made us bored with 33 and 26 and, and a team that's the fourth highest run scoring team in baseball. So we ask what's compelling. Like, I, I, I mean, winning, scoring, I would, I, I would have thought that those were the answers, but somehow so far, it's not. You know, what's interesting, I was thinking long and hard about this conversation that we were having yesterday, and I said to myself, I think it's the years and years and years pre-Farhan of seeing the Dan Ortmeyers, the Lance Negros, the Mac Williamsons, these 25, 26, 27, 28, 29-year-old guys come up and me being conditioned to believing that guy's a 4A player. He's not good enough for the bigs. And what I have not reconditioned myself, which I should, I'm guilty of this, is that no, 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 no. Just because the guy bounced around, why can't he be the next Jeff Kent? Because that's what Jeff Kent was. Jeff Kent was a nobody before the Giants swooped him up. And then he ended up obviously batting behind Barry Bonds and having unbelievable success. Now, look, being Jeff Kent, you're talking about a unicorn. But my point is, like, there's a happy medium here where you could still be a really good ball player like a Justin Turner was the last couple of years or what Max Muncy was a couple of years ago. But I really, truly believe the years of the Mac Williamson types, and I'm not trying to crush him, I think it's conditioned me to believe it's all fool's gold. Well, I uh, listen, I mean, you're, you're spot on because, um, you know, who – who once upon a time was Mike Yastrzemski and Luis Gonzalez, Max Muncy and Justin Turner. Yeah. And so I sit here and I go, what, why are they compelling? Is it beards? Is it yelling at Madison Bumgarner? What is it that makes those guys compelling? Because they were journeymen. They were forgotten. Uh, they were whatevers at, at one time too. And, uh, and now they're two of the favorite Dodgers out there uh, with, with, with a very, very big fan base. So now with that said, now I want to flip it to the other side. Yeah. And here's where I will admit that those who say, gosh, this isn't good enough, this Giants lineup, despite all the numbers, mm. here's where they have a point. And even though it's a small sample and I don't like that, I, I do have to say big-time players seem to, and I'd have to check the numbers actually, but it seems like when it gets to playoff baseball, they have a bigger chance – to make an imprint on a series. And again, tie game, game five, the series could not have been more even, but captain 181 all year ended up getting the hit that pushed the Dodgers past the Giants. And so that's my one question left. Next time we have Farhan on. No, it's a good question. Next question would be, all right, you've got these guys who you've been able to find. Yeah. And you pull them off of the whatever heap and you turn them into incredibly productive baseball players but do those players have a lesser chance in an eighth or ninth inning at bat against max scherzer than a mookie bets yeah even you know even though darren ruff darren ruff's numbers might have been equal to mookie bets if spread out all year last year and darren ruff had a good series yeah but is there something to be said for that that is a question i still have no, it's, I think it's a super fair question. The one thing that I've noticed for me, and I'm different from other people, do I love a guy who's a power hitter, a Manny Ramirez? Of course I do. I mean, who, who doesn't love a traditional slugger, an Albert Pujols who can't run the bases? <laughs> but 
I absolutely fall in love with guys who can run. There's just something about athleticism. And that's the one area when I look at the Giants the last 30 years or so, they have been one of the least athletic teams in baseball traditionally. And that part drives me nuts when all I heard from my dad growing up is that Willie Mays could run and Willie Mays a five to a player. And when Barry first got here, he could run. And that's yep. what really endeared me to him. And so I just – I do want some athleticism on this team at some point. That's the only, like, if I'm being, take a step back. I, I love the Luis Gonzalez thing. He can run a little bit, but like, God, can I just get somebody who can run a little? Yeah, no, that's a great observation. Cause even when Bellinger's playing like he can, drunk, he can still chop a ball down the down exactly. to second base and beat it out. You know what I mean? And, and obviously bets very athletic, Chris Taylor, very athletic. All of that, I get it uh, for sure. Okay, um, we do need to address one other thing, Giants-Dodgers related. Oh, we also need to celebrate the great Matt Cain. Um, I'm surprised the Giants, although actually I guess they did. Matt Cain goes out there and uh, and throws out the first pitch. And when you know it, Radon goes out and, and throws up seven zeros. Uh, and here we are. It's only 2 nothing, you know, in the ninth inning. And I'm thinking that's just a perfect way to celebrate Matt Cain. Um, so we'll do that in a second. Uh, but before we move on, I want to remind you, you're listening to the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys podcast. Make sure you uh, knock on the door of everybody you know. Let them know all about it. Subscribe and get in on our two episodes every single week. And, and put some questions in that review section, all right? Throw some questions yes. in there. We'll go through them. We'll turn it into our little mailbag, and, and we'll answer your questions on the Giants. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Love it. So this might be one of the questions. It's certainly one of the ones I had, Give it to which me. is, are you or are you not bothered by the amount of blue that was in the stands over the weekend? It's always a thing in both ballparks. Um, and I would definitely challenge anyone who makes the statement um, the Dodgers fan took over the building. They didn't. That's just not factual. But for me, there's an uncomfortable amount. It's an uncomfortable, it's just an unsettling feeling to have that much blue in the stands. What'd you think? Well, a couple of things. I mean, number one, I was sad. Number two, I was thinking, wonder what Larry Bear's thinking. You know, I mean, he's such a great businessman. You know, like I know everyone wants to rip him. Like, let's call it what it is. He's one of the greatest marketers in sports history. He's kept this team in the bay. He knows how to pack that stadium when they weren't a relevant organization. So I got a lot of respect for him. And I'm just thinking as a businessman, this must. Yes, he likes that there's Dodger fans in the stadium, but he would rather them be San Francisco Giants fans. And I was thinking to myself, is this because of the the Warriors right now in the playoffs? Is that where our minds at as local fans? Is this? pandemic related because i heard from a lot of people on social media the true bay area fans moved away really have Come they on. 
I don't I don't know if I I don't know if I buy that. Now I think there there's a lot of people that have moved away, but like eh, we'll see. And then number two, like, is it because the Giants are boring? Like I I don't know. I don't know what it is, Mark. Like I really don't know. It's not ticket prices because you can find an, an inexpensive well, ticket price. It, 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 I don't think it's ticket prices. Um, but I think prices in general, when you factor in Parking. the whole process of going to a game, yeah. is definitely a piece of the puzzle. But that's true seemingly with every professional sports franchise yeah. in America right now. And if anybody has enough people to handle uh, an expensive ticket, uh, look, Chase Center's full. And, and think of the mortgage you have to pull out in order to go to one of those games. <laughs> so there's plenty of people to do this. Look, it's a fair question and conversation for us to bring up and this is just me sort of putting a finger in the air yeah what'd you and, think? and listening to people around me and whatnot um there is something about this giants team that is not quite connecting at a deep level with the fan base and i don't know as you said if that's because uh somehow it's perceived that they don't have any exciting players I don't know if the perception is we're all just wasting time until the Dodgers win the West and, yeah. and, and win the national league. I don't think the Warriors factors into it because, you know, these tickets are purchased largely well ahead of time. And uh, there's no way to know that the, you know, the Warriors are going to be in it. And I know Friday night, there were a bunch of people up on the concourse watching the warrior game from the giants game. We saw, we saw that, that too. I just think the fair concern and it's for people who, uh, make more money than me to figure out is why is this team not quite connecting at a deep level? And I think, I mean, my biggest answer, this is weird now. Yeah, give it to me. The Giants of the big three teams in this town have had the longest run since they've been in the championship round, which is the silliest thing ever because baseball teams would die to say, oh, it's been eight years since we won the world series. Like That's a good point. not that long, yeah. but it has been that long since it felt like they were real contenders. Yeah. Now add in last year, but that ended so quickly. Yeah. And it started late because they didn't have full capacity. That's another thing. Yeah. So this is a, this is not a, I mean, this Early is on. not a fair thing for fans to say you have to win a title every five years or no, out. no, but it feels like, we're spot if the Giants want to recapture yeah. the market, they they've got to really put a run together. They got to put a postseason run together. Well, and I think this is where I, I look. I want stars. You know, I do. I would love them. We, I think we all at some level would like to have a star here and there, right? But like, I don't truly believe it's this simple. Huh, you go get Aaron Judge, and huh, all of a sudden now they're they're must see. Oh no, I I I don't think it's that easy. Now you put Shohei Otani. He's a whole nother act on a whole nother planet. Like we're talking showstopper. I just think about that ballpark from the day it was built. You had Bonds and Kent and a winning team. You couldn't have opened the stadium at any better time, right? The, the Bonds act was a novelty act toward the end. Then you had the freak. You had Tim Lincecum. So you had a reason to go in. And then almost immediately after Bonds, obviously the bridge of Timmy, they started winning, right? This is really the only normal downtime that they've had as an organization in like 35 years. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to what we already talked about, though, and say – that whether it's that they need to go on a great run or they do need 
that young homegrown player that people want to go see because Bonds was kind of separate because he was such a big deal, number one and number two. He felt homegrown yes. because of his dad and all so and, true. And Willie Mays and all yeah. of that. So true. But then you mentioned it. We get to we get to Timmy and Matt and and Mad Bum. And that's also uh, you know coincides with Buster Posey. And yes, there's still the Brandons, but it might take a Luciano. Yeah, it, it might take a Luciano to gather everybody back to the building and say, you know, let's let's lock back in. Maybe it'll take the 49ers and Warriors not being as good uh, for for a second. You know, I I think that that doesn't help either. But uh, whether the perceptions are true or not, perception is reality, and the perception is amongst many that Farhan Zaidi is saving money and not trying as hard as they could. Data be damned. You're right. Gotta be damned. That's the perception. And who wants to spend a bunch of money on that? No, it's a good point. It's a really good point. I was thinking about the Cubs, right? Loyal fan base, the Cubs. The Giants' attendance numbers are right there with the Cubs. Yeah. Cubs are horrible. They're absolutely right. horrible. And they won a ring in more recent you know, times and have been to the playoffs consistently more, at least over the last seven years, than, than the Giants have. And, like, the Giants are, are neck and neck with them, you know what I mean, in terms of attendance. And they've got a loyal fan base. So I think you've got to, like, look around the bigs. The Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball. They're having attendance issues. Like, I don't think this is exclusive just to the San Francisco Giants. I do think it's inventory issues in baseball in general. It's expensive and it's laborious to go to a lot of games, right? And there's only so many people to draw from in a community. So I don't know. I I don't think this is exclusive to them, but I do think at some level – they're going to have – it's not just one guy. It's not Luciano. It would have to be Luciano and two or three other young guys come up all at once and you get that because that was the convergence of Lincecum, Kane, Mad Bump, Posey all at once, and you still had Pablo all at once. That's five guys you care about. Five, yeah. right? Yeah. So on any given night, you know one of them's in there. Well, and well, let's check in on this again a month from now because yeah. there's always reasons. Oh, it's the pandemic. It's the yeah. – you know, it's the price. Am I and- caping up for him? What's that? No, no. I'm saying over the last couple of years, there's always something that they can throw out. And I'm kind of like, you're actually running out. You're running out of stuff. Like this is not the pandemic. It's not because it's too expensive. Chase center is full. And uh, now the, now the kids are out. School's out. Mm -hmm. You're, 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 you've got a good record. Um, And when the warriors are done, you're the only show in town. Yeah, I know. So I, well, I, I think that they're going to pick up steam. I really do. I think yeah, the let's second, see what July looks like. I, I think the second that the, the warrior season ends and whatever happens, happens. I think they're going to pick up a ton of steam. Look at just baseball real quick. Look at the Dodgers. Walker Bueller just went down. All right. He's out for like eight weeks with the flexor strain. That's a huge injury that I rattled off all the guys who aren't performing. They're vulnerable. No one wants to admit this. They're vulnerable. The Giants have had every injury under the sun and they're right there. So if they could go on a little run, get a couple guys healthy. I just let's see where they're at mid July. Like you just said. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. I do know that once school ended, it was one of the first things. Uh, my son said to me, is like, okay, let's, can we do this? Can we get out to some Giants games? Let's they haven't go. been yet this year. So um, hopefully that's, uh, you know, that's a part of it for a lot of families out there. All right. And uh, if you do go to the ball game, you know, once in upon a time, you see something like this. Uh, we cannot let today get away without mentioning it is the 10 year anniversary of Matt Kane's perfect game. One of the best feel good moments in the history of sports in this city. 
And I was just thinking about this. We should show the highlight because everyone knows about Gregor Blanco's catch and it gets discussed. But I wonder if you've gone back and actually looked at it. And instead of looking at the catch, which was just a great diving play, yeah. look exactly where he is and think to yourself, remember this is before the fences got yeah, moved yeah, yeah. in. Think about how many times a line drive has been hit to that spot in the history of this stadium 22 years. And if ever before any of them have ever been caught or if any of them have ever, ever even had someone on the TV screen with where this ball is hit, let's run it. Yeah, let's Take a look. Look at Gregor Blanco. Look at how hard this ball is hit and where he is when he makes this catch. And this is hit out into the alleyway. A long run for Blanco. And Blanco's going to dive. And he makes the catch. Just an unbelievable catch here in the seventh inning. People will remember this as being out in Triples Alley and right center field. That is almost dead red center field, <laughs> and the right fielder caught it. You, On the warning track. You will ne- that ball is never at, like, no. tell me there wasn't magic in the building oh. somehow last night. Matt Cain said it best when he looked at him in the post-game press conference right after the game and goes, what were you doing out there? <laughs> what were, why were you even there? I know. Oh, it's crazy. insane. Well, you know what's crazy is I always watched where that right fielder's playing. Whenever I'm up in the view reserve area, you never see him start where he started from, which is so shaded over there. And when he makes the diving catch, I don't know what your brain thinks of, but I think of Jim Edmonds. That's as good yeah, yeah, as yeah. all of those Jim Edmonds catches from the 90s. You know what I mean? Like, just incredible. And then against the lowly Astros. Yes, people, they were in the NL, number one. Number two, they were horrific at the time. Absolutely horrific. So for as bad as the Giants are right now and as good as the Astros have been over the last eight years, think about what they went through to get to where they're at now. I don't think the Giants have gone through anything close to that. No, 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 no. I mean, you know, maybe back in the 80s or something like that. (laughs) But, I mean, it uh, it has been not, not in this ballpark. Uh, that's for sure. And, uh, let's experience it one more time also. Yes. Here's how it all ended that uh-huh. night 10 years ago. King appeared to look around, gazing at the upper deck, but now looking into Buster Posey. One ball and two strikes. On the ground, Arias from deep third. Got him! And that's a perfect game. And the Giants mobbing Matt Kane on the pitcher's mound. One of the top two I'm about to puke moments in the history of Giants baseball is Arius's stumble over there at third base. I'm going to match it right up with the 2014 World Series dropping of the ball to left press. center that you thought was going to tie the game in oh. the ninth inning. Those two moments, you're like, I mean, can you imagine if this guy had tripped and fall? I mean, he almost fell no. over. And then on his back leg, uncorks 
the throw of his life. A seed, a seed, an absolute seed. I mean, walking Arius, it's just unbelievable. When yeah. I when I think of walking Arius, for some reason, I also think of Eugenio Velez because I heard about those two players coming up at the same time, and I was I had high hopes for them. It never ended up working out. All right, it's going back to my prospect thing. The other thing, did you hear how loud and did you see how filled those stands right. were? Right. Did you notice that? Right. I mean, packed to the gills. I remember watching. It's my dad's birthday this same day every year. So every year he says the same thing. So on my birthday, we went as a family to Buca de Peppo to celebrate my sister graduating nursing school. And we watched the final four innings in the bar downstairs. And this is like the early advent of cell phones. And my phone was going crazy. Perfect game. You got to turn it on. And we watched the entire game downstairs as a family. It's a memory I'll never forget. And a random game against the Astros Crazy. that were sold out and absolutely rocking. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, there's there's some work to do uh, to get uh, that kind of magic moment back in the building. Have you ever been to a no hitter? No, no, not even as a media member. Like just really flat out nothing. So you know. we go down. We go down to San Diego. It's a bachelor party. We're gonna go Friday night to the game. I go, guys. Zito's pitching Friday night. Let's go Saturday. It's Timmy. Okay, okay. We end up doing bachelor party things Friday night, and then yep. Saturday we go to the game. Timmy throws 147 pitches and throws a freaking no hitter and pence makes the catch of all catches in front of us and then gets up and high fives one of my buddies it's no. one of the most insane games i've ever been to and to this day we always go thank god we didn't go friday night no exactly thank thank goodness for your <laughs> desire to drink um you know sometimes it works in your favor um, all right. Great uh, stuff. That's the Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys uh, podcast. So it's ago. coming at you twice a week. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss any episodes.